1: Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Yes. And we decided we needed to come back and revisit something. I'm going to put this, I'm going to taunt it a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Just because there's so much controversy and you know we love all of this stuff and we love watching new shows. But yeah, the season of And Just Like That is a Max original just finished. And by the way, this is not one of our sponsored content. This is Mm -hmm. just us coming back to it. But just uh, finished up last week. So we decided we needed to do a Quick wrap-up. And I say quick, and I'm not sure how quick it is. But Mm -hmm. it's definitely a revisit of this season. Um, So, uh, first and foremost, if you haven't watched it and are planning to or haven't finished it up and don't want any spoilers, put this on pause and then come back to us. Because we're going to go all into it. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, spoiler alert
1: Ooh, I that it? was a very serious spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, th- that
2: was the moment they needed to stop. So hopefully they did. Um, that was your
1: stern voice.
2: <laughs> yes, that's my uh, nanny voice when I would be like, uh, no. So <laughs> we did a run through of the first two episodes, uh, but here we are, and we have a few things to talk about. And uh, instead of trying to summarize the entire season, we're going to talk about this by characters and their journey in this new chapter. But before we begin. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to go, and I feel like, uh, Annie, you're like, what's happening? Because I'm like, we're going to do this. And you're like, okay, cool, because you're very patient (laughs) with me. And I'm going to ask for what you would call their themes and all that. But first, before we go into that. Okay. What did you think about this show slash this first season?
1: I'm like hesitant because I feel people have such strong opinions on either side. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think it was, it had, you know, its ups and downs. Some things were uneven. Some things were awkward unintentionally. Some things were intentionally awkward. (laughs) But overall, I did enjoy it. And it was interesting for me because as we've discussed, I haven't seen most of the show before this. So I think that might be one of the reasons I was able to enjoy it more without being like, ah. Right. (laughs) The
2: Die Hard opinions are because they love the characters in their uh, old ways Mm -hmm. and so they can't see past that. And I Mm -hmm. I get it because you build a character, you trust that character to be as permanent as you would hope. Mm-hmm. And consistent So yeah I definitely get that I, I, I am one of those Old hats Although like I was talking to A friend of mine Who he was hilarious In telling me That he did not watch The entire seasons all the episodes of Sex in the City, but he watched at least two of the movies. And I'm like, well, that's one more than I've watched <laughs> right. at this point in time. So I feel like he has a better heads up in that realm. Uh-huh. But uh I did absolutely grow with these women. At one point they were like ten years older than me and I was like, ooh ah and then it bypassed and I was like the same age and now they're back to being at least ten years older than me, if not mm-hmm. a little more. So it felt very relevant. I feel like they gave it a little bit of a uh like a leeway for me, like a roadmap mm-hmm. I guess. I enjoyed the season. There were a lot of moments I had to fast forward because it was too cringe, and I probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't have, but I was like, nope, nope, I can't. I can't. (laughs) I can't. Why did Uh this? And I forget they do this with all the things. So you haven't seen this episode yet, but uh, in one of the episodes, it's so hard cringe that I almost die inside. We're going to see it, I believe, in season one.
1: Oh, so coming up.
2: Yeah, and you'll know. Pretty quickly oh, be like, no. oh, no. So, I'm just like, okay. but they have a good throwbacks and they call backs to it. So, all that to say. Uh, mm-hmm. But this season, of, I know they did this on purpose because that's life. That's life when you really put yourself out there. There's so many cringe moments that you just want to hide under a rock. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> or at least maybe make you feel better about yourself. I don't know because at least you didn't do that. Whatever it is. I feel like all it
1: does is make me think of a thing that I think is somewhat related to that. (laughs) Or that. Or that.
2: So, yeah, let's get into it. And we're going to go ahead and. Uh, start off with the biggest character because she is kind of, I guess, the forefront. Carrie, Mm -hmm. of course, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. And by the way, I did notice that Sarah Jessica Parker was headlined as one of the main executive producers, but uh, both um, Cynthia Nixon as well as Kristen Davis were both also executive producers as well. Mm -hmm. So they are definitely all kind of uh, made their way up into it. Just an FYI. But mm-hmm. what would you say Carrie's theme was in the season?
1: I think it was Carrie gets her groove back.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I would say moving beyond death, love after death.
1: <laughs> yeah. That That's would a more be my way. Yeah. It,
2: yeah. Yeah. Love after death. I mean. Mm-hmm. It is, right? She, right? she also,
1: like, find, you know, find, figure out this whole, figures out this whole podcasting thing and, you know.
2: I, I'm going to say figures out with a very heavy quote fingers on <laughs> yeah. this because I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Anyway, in all of this, if you had to describe her year mm-hmm. in five
1: words, Oh, no. What would it be? So this whole, th- the whole thing takes place over a year? Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be one of those um, inspirational <laughs> paintings that I kind of roll my eyes at sometimes. <laughs> like She lost, she lived, left.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Uh, uh, yeah. love it. Well,
1: you gave me a weird limitation at this. this I suddenly. did.
2: I did. And I was going to say Carrie is single again, again. Mm.
1: that's a good one that's a good one yeah
2: because that's kind of the whole trope of it so let's get into her after she lost Big at the very beginning now Mm -hmm. she's trying to navigate her life again and she is really good the one thing that you're going to find about Carrie is she is very neurotic. And mm-hmm. a lot of it, especially when it came to Big, it just came back to her. She just she just needed to trump people. I really, mm-hmm. it really irritated me towards season three or four. And I wanted to punch her in the throat. Even Stanford <laughs> yeah. called her out. It was like, hey, this is not about you. It's about me. And she was like, I'm sorry, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think everybody was like, finally, my God, would you quit this? Same thing with Miranda. Each one of them had to call her out and be like, stop it. Uh, Even though you are the main character, you're not always the main character type Mm -hmm. of conversation. And yeah, we did. We had this here again, even to the point that she always talks about winning. Mm
1: -hmm. I noticed
2: that a lot, whether it's, you know, I had the worst breakups. My husband died. Uh, I had the saddest story. Like she kept saying that throughout. Mm -hmm. And I do love Anthony's character who's like, you get one more time with me on that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, that yeah. that was quite delightful. I do want to point out that, yes, they cut out the last Chris Knoth scene,
1: mm-hmm. which was
2: supposed to happen on the finale. But you hear his voice singing, and that's it, to be big. But they definitely, after all the accusations, were like, yeah, we need to go ahead and cut it out, which is a smart decision.
1: Yeah. And I know that... It's kind of a running joke, but the Peloton suffered a lot from this, mm-hmm. and then that he was in their ad mm-hmm. to like be like, no, he's fine. And Then they pulled the ad, oh, right? That. And what then Peloton's killed somebody else in another show. <laughs> and, succession, right?
2: That big sh- another big show. I think
1: it's billions. <laughs> a spoiler alert. Um, and then they like lost so much money, and now I think they've been sold. So this show had a huge <laughs> impact on. I do want to say, too, one of the things that I think in the last episode that really stuck out to me, because we talked about how, you know, it opened with, like, grieving, and it was very, I thought, an accurate portrayal of how grief can look. When she, when the lamp kept coming on, and she was, like, seeing this as a sign that Big was trying to communicate to her from the afterlife or something— I would do that too, like right after my dad died, even though I don't believe in any of that stuff. Right. But suddenly I was like, this must have meaning. It must. (laughs) So even though I don't believe in any of that stuff, that totally made sense to me. That you suddenly are like, I don't know, maybe they're reaching out to me. What are they trying to tell me? (laughs) Right. She's not
2: at all like supernatural, super like any of that, religious or any of that. And they all kind of talk about what happens after death. To someone that you love, they do address that in that really pretty well manner. Like, people change. This is what I need. This is what I need Mm -hmm. right now. And I think I've said that a lot about religion. Like, that's not necessarily for me. And, but I remember how important my faith was at one point in time. And it helped me, carried me through some rough points of my life. Do I? go back and credit my faith for that necessarily no it was just what i needed at that point and i think it's unfair for anyone to try to take that away from somebody as long as Mm -hmm. it's not harming others and i'm not talking about people using religion against people i'm just talking about having faith when it comes to death when it comes to spirituality when it comes to afterlife there's so much to be said that we really have no right to take away from people and i think she kind of addressed that she's like i didn't I, i didn't know And now Mm -hmm. I have this and I need something. Um, Mm -hmm. And I always think about that, too, because we talk about that about children and how do you address that with kids, especially if you're not religious. How do you go about that? Um, And me coming from a one-sided world where everything was religious to this. And I'm like, oh, that would be a hard one to explain for so many. Again, I'm not I don't think I'm I'm more like a deist than anything else. Like I'm not completely non-spiritual I don't know if I could ever really let that go, but there's a part of me that still believes in something bigger. Who mm-hmm. knows what that means? Uh, does that mean karma? Does that mean whatever? But yeah, I think she, they do a good job in like having a small conversation and meaning a lot for people who are go, going through grief.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
1: To start planning
2: your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Uh, by the way, the IMDb rating is like 5 out of 10. <laughs> so people loved hated it. So there's that. That feels about right. <laughs> so there was 10 episodes to this. And yeah, we talked about the first two because I was telling you, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I think someone's coming that you haven't met yet,
0: Mm -hmm. and you're not
2: going to meet till season one, or either season one or season season two, I can't remember. And that is his ex-wife. And you kind of already know, they cheated together. Carrie and Big cheated. Cheated together while he was married to her. And it was like this whole thing about her being young and all these things. And then he gives money to her because he felt so guilty. Which makes me wonder, because... He cheated on all his other wives, too. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. did he give money to them? Did they just get just pushed out? Because she meets them, too. Kay meets the other ex-wife.
1: BT oh, Dubs. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, but I did love bringing her back, uh, Bridget's character, because I don't know if you know, in her real life, Bridget Monaghan was pregnant when Tom Brady left her for Giselle.
1: I did not, like, every single fact you just said, I did not know. So, you were <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> you were
1: blowing my mind in multiple ways. <laughs> so, there was
2: so much to that that I was like, what? This is real <laughs> life for this woman. Mm-hmm. She was always a pretty girl. That was the other mm. in everything I've ever seen her head. And I feel so bad for that. I'm like, why is she always portrayed as this character serendipity? She was the girl supposed to marry John Cusack, and then he leaves her for, you know. Mm-hmm. All the other characters, you know, so it's just a lot of, like, she continues to be portrayed, this woman that gets left. And she typically is not the bad guy ever. And she happens Mm -hmm. to be the nicest person. Um, There may be other shows that I have not seen, but these are the ones that I've seen of her. But then she went through this in real life, and who knows? Maybe they had already, like, broken up, but it was really suspect. Mm -hmm. Really suspect when he, like, all of a sudden, Giselle's on his arm, and she's pregnant. we're like, oh. Dude <laughs>
1: hmm Dude Good look Yeah
2: <laughs> uh, But yeah So I was, I was holding that one for you Because I was like I need to tell you these facts Wow Yeah So I really feel like There were so many different things For Carrie's life We have that We have her You know Facing her demons We have her Trying to figure out What You know If they if had the secret life But we also have her Writing a memoir I thought that was Super interesting
1: I did too. And I appreciated the the struggle with writing it and the struggle with the ending and it being too sad. It did kind of annoy me that they were like, go... Make you happy, like, find something to be hopeful about. Because I'm like, if she's not there, then she's not there. You can still have a hopeful note of, I hope to one day. Like, I have hope that I, she didn't right. have to actually go out and do on
2: it. On a date. I was just like, she could be on a site and look. End of story. Why yeah. do we need to push her to date? I just, that makes me so sad. Yeah, oh, It is so disrespectful on level. I'm just going to tell you, no. if I was
1: ever asked for this show to, like, go date somebody, I would not do it. Mm-mm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, there's other things that are like, I get it, but come on. Like, we we yeah. know people do gimmicky things, but this is too much. Like, we're talking about grief, and you're like, go date. It's barely been a year. She
1: could have literally just tried to sit down and think about what her life, without even dating involved, maybe, how she right. hopes it will look. Like, she didn't have to go out and yeah. do... I <laughs> think, don't... <laughs> ask somebody
2: And that's the same conversation. I was like, why can't women just be single? Why is mm-hmm. this push still? Your show's mm-hmm. still pushing this narrative that to be happy, you have to be with someone. So you pushed her to date when she mm-hmm. wasn't ready. That's really unfair in every way. What if she's fine mm-hmm. after losing her husband, being alone? Why can't that just be?
1: Yeah. And I think, and we talked about it in our Widowhood Effect episode, a lot of women have said... After their husband dies, in this very heteronormative sense, that they just don't want. Like they're not interested in pursuing anyone else. And that's fine. And it it upsets me because my mom is kind of in the situation. I've had this conversation with her several times where she it feels like to me she's having she thinks she has to justify that she's alone and doesn't want to date anymore. Whereas I'm like, no, that's good. You sound happy, that's great.
2: Right. <laughs> Be happy. Yes. Or oh, you know what? Be sad. If you can maintain and be sad and that's where you are, that's okay too. Mourning is not a bad thing.
1: Right. No, not at all. Nor is being alone. I think it is... I remember because you and I, when we did our original episode on the first two of this series, you had said, like, I'm hoping for Carrie, like, she finds that she doesn't have to have an, a, a man in her life. And I remember when she like went to physical therapy and she was like, that physical therapist is hot. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Is this the one?
2: (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, definitely. Speaking of physical therapy, I'm going back to this. So I did Mm -hmm. see big life. I I don't know how I felt about it. The hip surgery, which turned Mm -hmm. out to be just a normal thing and not necessarily her being old. and That's fine. I think that's so many people. I think all of us are accepting things that as being old when in actuality, hey, that can be fixed. So fix Mm -hmm. it, uh, as well as the little facelift bit said a lot to society. And I did really like that they were, like, using her as the focal point for this uh, because she is the more iconic one in that, like, with her looks, her fashion, Mm -hmm. you know, all of this.
1: Yeah, I feel there were so many things on this show that I was torn about. And I think that's actually, that's not a bad thing necessarily because there are things... When we talk about feminism, I get torn about. But that was one where I was like, I don't think you need it, but if you really want it. Like, I was going back and forth. Right. Well, why do you want this thing? Is it just because this guy said that maybe (laughs) this male doctor was like, we could do this? (laughs) I I don't know. I was just... I was very torn about it. And I have friends that have gotten cosmetic surgery. And I feel... Yes, I have. And I feel... It's the same where I'm like, it's your decision, it's your body. Right. You do you. Exactly. Like, I, I don't want to judge you for it. I'm just, I hate that we live in a world wherein people feel they have to do that. I think you can still do it and just want to do it. And that's totally cool. I, it's those societal pressures that
2: right. mess it me up. Right, it perpetuates that thing. And just to, by the way... It was
1: Jonathan Groff, who... Yes, that's right. I was trying to remember who it was. Yes.
2: Who we've seen in Matrix, and he's a Glee, and he's a Broadway musical person, like Tony Award winning, I believe. Like, So he's fairly famous. So when I saw him on that, I was like, well, he's just popping up everywhere, isn't he? How adorable.
1: Yeah, he was the cosmetic surgeon, yeah.
2: Yes. I also thought that that was wonderful in that they were talking about it. She never makes a decision. He does the whole 3D thing. And she does have that moment. It did look like her from, like, I don't know if they just took a picture and they're like, here, you mm-hmm. use this as the 3D model, quote mm-hmm. unquote. But it's actually just a picture of you when you were in your 20s. Yeah. Early 30s. And it was quite, quite interesting. I also found it interesting that he had a different perspective for the dude.
1: Yeah. And
2: for her. Now, don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, people age differently. Uh, People Mm -hmm. age and look differently. I think he's... I don't know if he was younger or not. Anthony came in season three, so they're all around the same age and them talking about that. I did find that interesting and I don't know if that was purposeful uh, on the expectation and who is actually going to buy it. Who knows? Yeah.
1: Well, I do. I think it's interesting too. I mean, I could be reading way too deep into this, but I, I felt like it was a... Almost a meta nod of like, we could just do what the show had been, where they looked like this, or we could not do that right. and try to do something different. So, I, I thought that was interesting.
2: Uh, so, yes, I did too. So, I don't know if they're going to come back to it, talk about it, whatnot. Who knows? There was <laughs> also... The conversation about, again, dating. and uh, We talked about this. And she finally does date towards the end of the episodes. I, I did find it funny that they got really drunk and just got sick. I've been there. I've yeah. been
1: there. <laughs> uh, not necessarily date.
2: sick with a date, but necessarily, mm-hmm. but I had to drink. And that's a whole different conversation that we were like, why do we need to do this? This is like, yes, it could go bordering on alcoholism. In self uh, worth and all of that, but I've definitely been like, I need a glass of champagne before I go and meet this dude. I need a oh, shot yeah. of tequila before I need to meet this dude because I was so so nervous. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were like, to get passes, we just need to be drunk. Mm-hmm. I did find relatable.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I did feel sad for the dude because I really want this one perspective to stop happening in TVs. He asked to kiss her. She saw mm-hmm. that and criticized it. We need to stop that as a society. Hey, producers, hey, writers, stop it. Because not only do you perpetuate this whole narrative of manliness and alpha male and taking charge, you are taking away that voice of victims who are like, no, no. Yeah, we need consent. So I was really angry about that. I hate that trope so much. And it happens so often. It happened in New Girl. It happened in So Still Today that I'm like, no. I get what you're saying to a point, but let's not highlight it because you also negate the fact that these relationships and this chemistry exists. And when you see it on screen as portrayed as this, that takes that whole narrative away. It's just like, oh, he just grabbed me. Because by the way, I've been kissed by a guy I didn't want to kiss. I turned my face and he thought I was just playing. And he mm-hmm. kissed me again. And I was like, i will never call you again because I tried to give you a sign. You didn't listen. And you kept going because you believe these narratives that girls mm-hmm. are playing hard to get.
1: Yeah, and it adds to the the kind of like, right-wing news media being saying consent is taking all the romance out of mm-hmm. a relationship where that if somebody stops and checks in to make sure everything's cool that that's not romantic. I happen to think that's extremely romantic.
2: Okay. <laughs> I thought it was super sweet because he also was the one that went away from him mm-hmm. and said I don't want I can't do this right now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean in my head like even if I I feel like where they fell down is even if she didn't think it was Romantic or sexy because she's still thinking about big or they didn't have chemistry, whatever. I thought that was like, that was the only thing he could and should do. And especially after they've both been through these very traumatic things, like just checking in is a nice thing <laughs> to do. It's what someone should do.
2: Right. Like I just, okay. Yeah. That's just anybody for, I know maybe we don't have many producer big wigs out there, but if you are listening, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> As a victim of uh, sexual assault, as a victim of uh, trauma and molestation, please stop. Yeah. Who can't figure out how to say it in my own words sometimes.
1: Right. Right, right, right. And I think that's, it's an important conversation, even in, there have been times where I don't know. And when someone asked me, I kind of like panic. But that, I think the panic is part of the answer. Like right. that means You don't want no, to, right but you, now. Don't, exactly. you don't even feel like you can say no. Exactly. Exactly. So hello, both of those things. (laughs) Yes, but
2: that's the thing is like you say it's not romantic, but maybe you know the part of the thing is we still don't feel safe enough to say no.
1: Exactly, but if I was, I've always appreciated you know when someone is like legitimately, honestly asking and clearly wants to know, and I think that's just very, very. I'd say sweet, but it should just be the norm. It feels oh, respecting very sweet, boundaries it should be the norm.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It shouldn't have to be, but it is, because that is where mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I did find that interesting that she did decide to do this. The sites, I was like, okay, here we go. Let's, oh, yeah. let's go. They didn't really talk too much about what site she's on. Mm-hmm. I, I was wondering, I'm not going to lie, as a person in the past, like there are so many dating sites. Which one did you did you use? The uh, really fancy one that you had to be on a wait list
1: for a year? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was interesting just to wonder about her being out and about on the dating sites. Because the show is just, the, the original show is from such a different time frame, different right. period of dating. So that was interesting to see these kind of like modern updates to what dating looks like.
2: I would love to see Sam on Tinder.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> that is a show in itself. Mm-hmm. Speaking of. I feel like one of the biggest life changes that I've seen in this show would have to be Miranda.
1: Mm -hmm. So let's talk
2: about her for a minute. Uh, Do you have a five-word description or just at least a theme for her? I want to do the five-word one.
1: Okay. She has has an awakening. Um, She has like a journey where she's sort of opening her eyes to a lot of different issues. I don't want to describe it as a midlife crisis but it's a midlife reevaluating.
2: Yeah. Maybe she's coming into herself. So the one mm-hmm. of the big like there was a lot of controversy in this. It wasn't so much Carrie it was a lot to do with Miranda, a lot to do with Che, a lot to do with Steve. And we're going to talk about all of those right now because I, I found it interesting. Of course, we know that Miranda decided to be a student. She left and her reasoning was after the Me Too March or the Women's March, after the election, she wanted to do something bigger. And by the way, she was a partner in a giant, giant law firm making a mm-hmm. lot of money. And we've seen her work her entire Sex in the City life. I'm going to leave that, Mm -hmm. to this point. And Mm -hmm. she was one of the ones who was like talking about not being ashamed for being a woman who makes money and is able to afford things on her own. And they're like, amen, you do you. Mm -hmm. So now we see her stop and she is now coming into becoming a student again. Really cringe moments uh, with the professor, which literally comes into them being close friends and confidants to each other. I felt that was a little weird. I know they were trying to bring in some more uh, storylines with the professor, but still Mm -hmm. kind of odd. Um, I do love that the narrative with that storyline was the professor didn't want to have children. Yeah. um, And going back and forth about what was best for her and marriage. By the way, that was also another storyline for Charlotte. So Charlotte had that storyline. It was she wanted desperately to have children. The husband Mm -hmm. didn't care. And so yeah. we see the flip role. I did like that. I did. I did like yeah. that narrative being what it was. It was really interesting to see the, and, and we'll talk about this later. I think um, the dual characters, uh, the new character with Charlotte, Lisa Todd Wesley. You know, the, the comparison of the two of them. And I don't know, like, if that was purposeful. I don't know what that looks like. I will say it did feel real off. Like they were really trying to be. Relevant when it comes to black women being part of the community and part of the conversation, they still felt like side characters, and they were still side characters, which was really interesting because Lisa was originally introduced as if she was going to be one of the four. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, that, I don't know how I don't know if this could have been an easy transition or not. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different thing. We'll talk about that in a minute, but if Naya as well, she was never introduced as uh, one of the one of the new. You know sets, but she has become her own plot line, her own storyline in it, and I think it was a good narrative. Still unquestionable, and maybe it's just me being like, uh, being overly um, aware of the situation and trying to really watch what's happening and wondering how many Black writers were in the writing room. And I'm sure I'm going to credit that they did have a few, but still did they get their voices heard? That's a question yeah. I do have uh, about the show. Same thing with the queer community. I know, obviously, the creator uh, is a part of the queer community. Cynthia Nixon, obviously, is a queer woman. Mario Cantone, all of them. But like all these things, like how many writers came in? Did we try too hard? Because I'm not going to lie, uh, the character of Che, who uh, is a non-binary queer person, and they call themselves a narcissist, and they don't really put uh, Miranda into the narrative as much as you think, even though they say they're in love with her. So it's kind of like, okay, what? When they make the announcement they're moving to California, they do it in front of everyone without actually talking to them privately and leaving the next week. Like, it's just this Mm -hmm. really weird level, like, hmm. And also, I don't love that Miranda has to have the affair flippantly, with a non-binary, polyamorous, like, very open uh, person who kind of feeds into that whole unicorn or, like, that whole I'm-going-to-steal-your-person trope. And I don't Mm -hmm. think they meant that on purpose because we see later on that Che is very upset and doesn't want to be, they call themselves, they're like, I'm not going to be a homewrecker. That's not me. You need to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. at the beginning, this whole, like, it's kind of already a toxic view and that community, and I really hated that to be part of this conversation. I don't know. What did you think?
1: Again, I think I was very shielded from a lot of things because I didn't have to, like... I don't have yet all the seasons behind me. So I know people were really angry with this character. I would say I was definitely, like... It's not great decisions. Uh, they also, like, leave the podcast kind of suddenly... Yeah. with everybody else like hey goodbye peace homie i actually do get the whole superstitious i'm not gonna tell anyone first but there's a certain point where you you've got to it does feel more like the fame and kind of excitement of career and and all of the attention was more important to Jay than the people in their life i think i i've I guess what I'm trying to say is I agree with most of the criticisms. I'm just not as mad about them. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think a part of that too is I haven't seen all of the years of uh, Miranda with Steve. And I don't know if that would change anything or not, but I don't have like all this stuff already. You know what I mean? I did think that what you said about like there was... I thought that... And this maybe this is my own prejudices, or maybe this was my own like them playing on what we all kind of been told. But I did think it they were building up to Che was going to be in multiple relationships, and Miranda kind of broke everything off, not realizing that. And then she would have to come to terms with whether she's okay with that or not. It was kind of leading up to that, or that Che was cheating on Miranda. Right. Uh, I don't know. So like some level. So I didn't really appreciate that, even though I get because she in the end. In the end, they weren't, as far as we know, (laughs) cheating or trying to cheat.
2: No, they said that that Miranda was the only one they were sleeping with. So they did make that point.
1: Right. So, like, I guess it just sort of, it did make me a little, I get we're playing into these tropes because they're tropes and we're kind of flipping them, but we're still playing into them. (laughs)
2: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. So back to Steve. That was a big thing. So Mm -hmm. you haven't seen all of this yet, but it was, as Steve said, he broke up with her because he felt like he wasn't enough. And then they got back together. And then she mm-hmm. broke up with him because he, was too, he wasn't too—he was enough. Like, he wasn't getting his life together. And then they had a child together because they had pity sex, essentially. And then it came to, oh, we do love each other. Let's do this. So it was this whole build up, build up, build up. So that's the awkward part. It's like, yeah, okay. It's one thing if you got stuck in a marriage
0: um, mm-hmm. way back
2: when and you just felt stuck. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was this whole back and forth. And Miranda's never been tied down. They were going to have the baby. They had the baby outside of marriage. They weren't in a relationship. She was dating someone completely different. Okay. End of story. So it kind of was like, all right, you built this up to be him being the love of her life. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Again, and then uninhibited as an adult, really not caring about sexuality, not caring about any of that. As in fact, we saw the episode where she says, yep, not gay when she tries to kiss Mm -hmm. a woman. That would have helped her career. So it's kind mm-hmm. of all of these things that I'm like, okay, these are these don't lay out. Have watching just that. and, and But again, you can be madly in love with someone, but things change. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that they did do well enough that um, people are still angry about is that Miranda doesn't say she's a lesbian. She never says, I'm out. She never says she's queer. She says, I love Che. Mm-hmm. End of story. They make me feel completely different and completely new, which could be a whole different thing of like, well, this could be a crisis Mm -hmm. in itself. But that doesn't mean you're not unhappy and maybe things Mm -hmm. do need to change. Because as you say, like things have changed and you're in a stalemate and you want something different than what he wants. in the story. I didn't love the whole Steve saying that he's not going to find anyone else. I wanted him to find someone else because he is an endearingly sweet man.
0: Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong.
2: He cheats on her at one point. That's another conversation. So all of that to say is like there's this back and forth on that as well. Mm -hmm. So Steve got played dirty. I did like that he finally got got to tell her everything. It, I feel like there should have been a little more turmoil in a in a life they built so hard. Um, and for him, it was obviously more so than her. Maybe yeah. they're saving it up for the next season if it gets renewed. Who knows? But there was a lot of conversation and a lot of anger about that. And I get that because of all the guys on there, Steve and Harry are the ones that you want to root for.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is it's really interesting for me because I. I'm a firm believer that it totally, totally sucks. But sometimes people just don't feel the same way about each other. And that sucks because you want people to be happy. Like you want them, if someone loves you, and I've been in this relationship, someone loves you and you don't love them back. And maybe you want to love them back. And maybe you you try to convince yourself you love them back. But sometimes you don't. And that's sad because you might like each other. You might even like really care about each other. It's just not the same And I get why people are pissed about that because it sucks.
2: (laughs) It does. It hurts. But it's also real. Like, I get what they're saying when they see the character and they're like, you built this character up to be this. And they did. They did. And then they significantly changed it. But that Mm -hmm. also does happen. That does Mm -hmm. happen. Another big criticism in the show is her alcoholism. And it Mm -hmm. was really interesting
1: (laughs) I will say. We called so much of this, Samantha. We called so much of this in our first, like, what we thought would happen. We nailed it. So, yes, please talk about this. Yeah, so the very first few episodes, Samantha and I were like, huh. I wonder, they kind of seem to be hinting that Miranda is an alcoholic. But it was kind of, it was in a way where I'm like, maybe she's just stressed and they're trying to say she's stressed, which I'm not saying like alcoholism and stress, very related. But then I think the episode where Charlotte opened the bag and there were all those like small bottles of vodka. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. Um, <laughs> so it was a kind of shocking w- reveal because... <sighs> Basically, Che and Miranda had sex in Carrie's kitchen while Carrie had just was recovering from surgery. So your mind was kind of like on oh, that. Right. And Miranda was high and drunk at the time. So I guess like in my head, that was the big focus. And then the end Miranda realizes she'd been drunk ordering books on how to quit drinking, um, or at least one book on how to quit drinking as a woman. Which, by the way, I thought was how to quit your job as a woman. <laughs> I totally misinterpreted <laughs> that. But anyway, so she like pours out all the alcohol and says, you know what? I, if I have a pro-, she told Carrie, if I have a problem, you know I can stop. So she pours out all of her alcohol in her house. And then it's shown on several occasions after that that she's drinking and non alcoholic. They kind of mention, like, oh yeah. But yeah, she just kind of like up and quits, <laughs> which uh, it's is amazing. hard. hard to do.
2: So I I did, like, no one talks about it, no one looks at it, no one talks about her going to AA, nothing. Right. It literally is, she accuses her friend of sending her a book about alcoholism,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: having sex in the kitchen, and not helping her friend who she is there for, which, by the way, some people have said, and you haven't seen this episode yet, I'm so sorry, (laughs) in which uh, Miranda throws her back out is lying on the floor of a bathroom naked because she can't get up, calls Carrie for help. Carrie sends boyfriend who uh, sees her completely naked. And so they're like, this is revenge! (laughs) Okay. From Miranda to Carrie for this, uh, which I did find funny. That was a tweet that I was like, yep, that might be right. Super (laughs) awkward. Again, it was really kind of like, okay, come on, guys. This is that tropey bit of like, hey, why? Why? Because I don't think Che... whatever romance happens sure 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 but whatever okay very tropey sex scene i felt like it was really like unnecessary sex sex scene of course they like to make things cringy and as awkward as possible so this is how they push the narrative felt very tropey didn't love it but i will say so that began her like oh my god I, i am drinking too much i i essentially had my friend you know pee on herself because I didn't hear her ask for help after a hip surgery when I swore I would be there for her. Mm-hmm. And by the way, yeah, I feel like Carrie's characters are really judging McJudgerson in comparison to, but I guess this is one of those moments like, hey, you have a husband. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. So all of that breaks down to, okay, and her coming to make herself a nice little drink and then realizing she sent her book to herself and she just didn't know this. And she was yeah. so drunk that that's, that's her wake up call. It's like, that was the wake up that was right. <laughs> that was a wake-up call. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, still, whatever, I guess. And then all of a sudden she's drinking alcohol-free wine and everybody's like, Yay, congratulations. No more conversation.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Like I said, when that first came out, there were there was a lot of the show has been mixed reactions all around. But when that first came out, I saw some people saying, No, this is I'm glad they're talking about it. We need to talk about it. Because especially after we did that like pandemic one, which she, Miranda even says like women with pandemic. children started drinking yeah. more. And so yeah. a lot of mothers were saying, oh my God, I relate to this. But then it was kind of like, yeah, like, all right, that's done. That's <laughs> We check that box. <laughs> She's drinking this non-alcoholic <laughs> stuff now. So that one's good. I guess it's interesting they addressed it, but they didn't really address it. Maybe, I mean, yeah, they kind of did the bare minimum, and maybe that would have been a different show. I don't know, but it's not, mm, it's definitely not easy. Although there were, there were like six months, there were six months between some of the episodes. I can't remember where that fell, but
2: yeah, I mean, it may have been, it may have been a big time jump, but still, like, mm-hmm. they didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about what she did, how she mm-hmm. stopped, or, you know, any of that. That's kind of like, right. Did we just glaze over a really hot top? Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. but Miranda leaving for California with Jay, which, mm-hmm. by the way, kind of happened as the cliffhanger in the, one of the seasons for Carrie leaving for Paris. Mm-hmm. And Miranda's the one that objects to her moving pretty harshly, mm-hmm. uh, saying to the point, you know, you're leaving your life for a man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I don't know if this is like... Where do we see this? Not that we don't want her to be happy, but Mm -hmm. she's giving up this huge internship, apparently, that is really hard to get. Yeah. That Naya, her professor, uh, went out on a limb for her, Mm -hmm. changing her life to go for a pilot. Right. For a show that was compared to Roseanne.
1: Right. And, you know, nothing against pilots, but, like, a lot of them don't get picked up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was another thing I was torn about. It was kind of akin to the facial, like the facelift where I'm like, yes, I want you to go be happy and you can pursue love and that's great. But also, (laughs) you have this like job opportunity, this really good job opportunity. I don't know why if it's only a couple of months and I don't want to diminish their relationship, but they haven't known each other super long. Why they can't like do it virtually at least for a few months and then see if Jay's still out there, then you can move. Right.
2: <laughs> like, there's there's a lot to be like, okay, we get being spontaneous, but maybe this is building up to having the crisis and seeing that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But we come back around to Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte is probably the most stable and the most like her character still, I feel like. Eh, I guess not. I mean, Carrie too, because Carrie has that whole, like, going back and forth with her Love life, loss of love, all this thing. But Charlie and Harry are going down a different route with their children. Uh, what did you think about all that?
1: I thought it was uh, it was very interesting. I, there were definitely some tropey stuff they did that I was like, mm, I don't know, you should do that. But it was. <laughs> I like that they addressed it, I guess. and It was funny. It made me laugh when TikTok came up. And that's how uh, Charlotte's non-binary child announced they were non-binary and they were going by the name Brock. Like, this was news to Charlotte. That kind of made me laugh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I appreciated that... It was interesting, I guess, to see Charlotte trying to navigate all this stuff as a mother. And and it's clear to me that she motherhood is very important to her, but also is this kind of like outside appearance of what her family looks like. But she to me it did feel like she genuinely was clumsily or not trying to learn and listen and do the best that she could. Right. The they mitzvah at the end cracked me up. Right. That was Barb so cringy. <laughs> I had to move on. That was
2: one of those cringy moments. I'm
1: like, nope, you can't. Absolutely not.
2: Absolutely not. Yeah, I found it interesting that she was so aware mm-hmm. of everything and so delicate to everything, but her last straw was the tampons. Right. Like, she lost it over that. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're going to be okay with the fact that you just threw thousands of dollars for this party for your girl to become a part of, like, a ethnic custom for her family that she has poured herself into, but she's not okay with her the girl freaking out about losing a tampon in her vagina. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I felt like that... I don't know if they meant to do this, the writers, but I felt like it was a, you know, building of, oh, my God, I have all the stress, but also... She's on her period <laughs> like, because I don't know. People don't know, but the the big reveal: Charlotte thought she'd been through menopause, was not going to have a period again. Wears she was wearing these like white overalls. Was trying to tell her daughter Lily like figure this tampon. Like she was very patient for a long time, but then she finally reached in and was like, "You got to figure this out by yourself." Kind of storms away, and as she is uh, bleeding once again. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I'm i not really sure what they were trying to, if it was yeah. like just a very stressful thing or if it was supposed to be like a commentary on her period emotions, in quotes.
2: I mean, menopause and all that and her being smug, and it, mm-hmm. it was very much to her character. It was interesting. Again, like all of those things that I'm like, ah, was that? Okay, that wasn't necessarily. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Whatever. Yeah, like I like that they have a trans rabbi and mm-hmm. they, they were trying to do all these different things and then having this conversation. Then the character of Anthony being like coming in, handling things for everyone, which he did kind of replace Stanford because of the death. And by the way, so I was very upset about the way they handled. I think that was one of my biggest upsets is the way they handled Stanford in the series. And I did read an interview with Michael Patrick King that the reason they did that was because they couldn't do it. They could not write about him They did not have the heart or the mental capacity or emotional capacity to write about him. So they did something really flippant and just pushed it to the back burner because they did not have time to process him more. So that explains a lot more to me. But I really did not love Stanford being dismissed as this dude having a midlife crisis and left everyone. Mm -hmm. He's never been that self. Righteous in any way. like So I, I felt like that was a whole different conversation. Between the two of them, I thought Anthony would have been the one that, that would have left Stanford and be like, I'm done with this. Because mm-hmm. he was very judgmental of Stanford from the jump. Mm-hmm. So I was very upset about that. Like Stanford was one of the most endearing characters who really loved and doted on everyone. A little bit of jealousy, a friendship jealousy, yes, but not anything outside of that. But understanding that they they were so heartbroken after his death they just couldn't yeah. even address it. That made a lot more sense to me. So I did appreciate that they were very forthcoming. And that made me like appreciate what they were doing as much as they could yeah. with that. But I do feel like we were lacking a little bit. But but uh, the character of Anthony tried to pick up some of that with a very heavy-handedness to it. <laughs>
1: or celebrate your victories.
2: No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford
1: Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure.
2: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. There's a few other things I didn't want to talk about. Again, like... I don't know if Lisa Wexley's character was intended to become the new Samantha or not, or just be the secondary character for Charlotte. Again, I know that they were trying, but I don't feel like marginalized people were as represented as well as they could have. I don't know if they could have or if they just. Really tried and add, tried to add too much and became too tropey because they were doing too much. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think mm-hmm. that's something that is like, if I had to grade it, I would grade it a C mm-hmm. for that. If I had to grade for like life experiences, I would grade it a B. I think that I think that absolutely like A minus B plus because I think it does hit to that, and that includes the relationship with Sam and then communicating again. Like it does. It's a slow build. When you fall off. And whatever may be the reason of it falling off, again, I was trying to explain to someone recently, I was like, yeah, I lost the best friend. We were close. We were close. And all of a sudden, within a year, we stopped talking completely. Like, no birthdays, no nothing. I thought everything was okay. Sent her a text. I got ignored. And I was told pretty much to leave her alone. I was like, what just happened? I don't yeah. know what happened. But okay, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was my best friend through college, through high school, through middle school. So, yeah. It just broke apart like that, and then I saw some things that she posted on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh hell no, we can't <laughs> be friends."
1: Yeah, yeah, you
2: know, like stuff like that. So things like that—it's kind of like it happens. I—I I, mm-hmm. I know people were like, "This isn't that way," and people probably were more sensitive because it did feel like we were only seeing Sarah Jessica Parker's perspective, and we could not pull that apart, right? Necessarily, mm-hmm. but I feel like they did. Like, everything Sam did, everything that Sam's response, even though it was very, like, minimal, mm-hmm. was really respectful to Sam's character and seemingly on point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard because the you're always kind of questioning the real life right. aspect of this. But in terms of the fictional series, which I get is very hard to split apart in your mind and sometimes should be hard, in my opinion. Uh, but I did like that, It was clearly, it was that slow build and it was difficult. Like, it wasn't just going to be fixed. But I kind of liked that it ended with Carrie uh, dumping Big's ashes and then contacting Sam and Sam being like, yeah, let's meet. It felt like she's like, you know, losing this person, but then kind of regaining, hopefully, or at least, you know, some kind of closure, perhaps, perhaps.
2: Yeah, she's never coming back on the show. No. We, we know that pretty clearly. Which, by the way, is it legal to dump ashes? Oh, I know a lot about like this. That? We can't go
1: into this right now. But uh, no, not really.
2: I think <laughs> that was in the back of my head the entire time. I was like, first of all, that's public. Why? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm.
1: very public. Why? Mm-hmm. And she was in that dress that's like...
2: Yes, yes. And again, <laughs> it's supposed to be romantic and all of that. But I'm like, maybe do like small A small Mm
1: -hmm. handful. Yeah. Yeah. This seems really (laughs) illegal. (laughs) If people don't know, you can't just do that generally. Uh. Okay. I'm sorry to kill that moment. The
2: entire time I was watching that, I was like, wait, is that even legal?
1: In some places it kind of is, but generally you should at least check. At least check. I had a friend I went through this with a couple years back. (laughs) It's... There's more rules around it than you might think. Or perhaps you probably already know. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, and here's the other thing that I was like, eh. The podcasting Uh bit. The podcasting bit. We had to talk. We have to talk about it. I'm like, there's so many moments of them like trying to do live. Y'all, we are edited like nobody's business. When it comes <laughs> to me and my many mistakes, the amount of splicing that happens with me and the fact that, I think I've talked about this, our old producer, Andrew, sent me like a little outtake of mm-hmm. how many times I would just be like cursing because I could not say a word and go blah, 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 the entire <laughs> time to reset to say a sentence or a phrase or whatever I'm trying to make a point in. So this whole like narrative that they are sitting there they're radio hosts. It's not podcasting. <laughs> I'm very confused.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about this, and I know we've discussed it in past episodes, because it has been kind of a, a thrill to see podcasting in and, and popular media and get to finally be like, no, no, that's not what it's like. I do. I feel like, personally, that is a radio show that they're doing. But I... I I know we have shows on the network that do that. So it is possible. It is a thing. It just feels to me very different from what most of podcasting looks like.
2: Right. Well, when they have to sit there and just sit there and stare at her and then awkwardly make up for her, like, you could just cut that and start that over again. Like, you, (laughs) right? that, that didn't need to be that dramatic. Like, sure, it could be awkward in real life, but it wasn't that dramatic as if, like, you had to rescue her. On a radio series. And also, can we talk about the fact that after all of that, her not ready to date, her awkward dating, she then makes out with her producer. And y'all, here's what I gotta say don't (laughs) where you eat. (gasps) And I know that's gonna be believed out. But the thing, like, I, that's been one of my number one rules is like, I will not date within someone that I am going to have clo- close proximity with mm-hmm. and making it awkward for everyone else. But like, I was just like, girl, you just started a new podcast and you're going to make out with him?"
1: Yeah, so essentially it ends with... I guess it's the hopeful bit, right? Carrie, yeah, it's finally the hopeful bit. You, It's kind of like implied maybe she would go for this teacher guy, but then they had that bad kiss and then... Anyway, it ends with... Carrie starting her own podcast, which seems to be a call-in show, um, sort of like her column used to be. And she kisses her podcast producer. And I knew, like, when it happened, I was like, oh. <laughs>
2: yeah, the buildup of them, like, staring longingly at each other at the wedding of her other co-host, uh, Bobby Lee's character, where they get married, which is really cute, by the way. Her outfit mm-hmm. was phenomenal. The yes. girlfriends, oh, my God, I loved mm-hmm. it. But I was just like, no, don't do this. Why would you put this in a workplace proximity? Don't do this. And they Yeah, did it.
1: to me, it felt like, I mean, not only that, but because there had been no previous... They barely talked yeah there'd been as the audience at the very <laughs> least we had not seen any kind of we hadn't seen their relationship build like maybe there was a hint at the very last thing they said before she started her podcast but there wasn't anything to build up to it so it was just like it felt to me like they were like see she's happy she's with a man, all is good. And I'm like, you right. happy with a man. It could have been fine. And now you're just kind of putting, shoving him in this position. Why can't you just <laughs> let her be alone and be happy? Right. I think it would have been very powerful if she's just having these meaningful calls on this mysterious podcast of hers with people and feels good and like that she can help people in that way and she's feeling more confident in her work. And then maybe... She finds Later somebody. Yeah. Let's put
2: it in this term. Let's have it where the ending is. Seema, which we did not talk about, who is, I believe, an Indian character. Dwala. that whole thing. I was like, yes, I, I want to go to there, too. They have a whole conversation about cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation, which mm-hmm. I think is important, too. Very, like, glazed over, move on. It's Carrie. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> She is a phenomenal character who I think do exist. There's so many people that we know that are... Are have been and still seeking for love, and that's not a bad thing either. As long as you're not miserable or uh, are doing things that are unhealthy to try to find that Mm -hmm. love, it's okay. That's fine too. That's who you are, and that's what you want. That's a beautiful thing as well. And so I think that character is believable. I do like her calling out Carrie, who's like, "You're being insensitive," and Carrie, and she's like, "You're being insensitive to me. You've had love, you know how you know like all these things." That I do like that perspective where they call each other out. She's a phenomenal new character. Don't love that she smokes, but you know, people smoke. We know this. Mm -hmm. She finds the dude who's a club owner. That's a whole different conversation in itself. But in my ending, yes, instead of her making out with a producer that she's working with, uh, (laughs) she should have been in her new apartment or in her apartment just chilling and feeling relaxed and comfortable being whole in a new place. That would have been just as good.
1: Yeah. And we didn't I mean, clearly we had a lot to say and we didn't even talk about how she kind of <laughs> moves into her old place. Yes. And and that whole And the
2: new, the young younger girl.
1: Yes.
2: The neighbors. Yes. Oh, being old and being the witch calling. I like how she lies. That wasn't me. That wasn't
1: me. <laughs> I wasn't asleep. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think that would have been a good. And I was kind of hoping it was gonna lean that way when it sort of felt like She's reconnecting with Samantha. Like, these the women in her life, having those strong... Like, it would focus on that. And it's not like this was a super strong focus, but it was just kind of like, it didn't need to be there. That's what I felt. Like, it did, I totally it didn't need to be there. Right. And now I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Your podcast oh. is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is doomed now. Yes. yes. Um, and I also love, like, we... We've got to stop talking about this, method. But I did want to mention, I did love Miranda and Naya when Naya asked Miranda about regret um, of being a mother or not being a mother. And I really liked that conversation where she's like, yeah. it's almost like you're going to regret it no matter what, but you're also going to love it no matter what. Like, I don't know.
2: Right. I, I think I like that was it. a great conversation too, like talking about being a mother because essentially, Miranda was not intending to be a mom. hmm yeah.
1: yeah. So I feel like... I think you know, there was a lot of things that I appreciate they addressed, and some of them they, you know, this growing pains and they didn't do super well, and some of them they did really well. but I feel I, I feel like I'm glad they're trying, and I hope that they get better. but there clearly, a lot of conversation is sparked, and that's one thing I will say about the show is it gets people talking about these things. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it is. I think that we should have more of these conversations and we should be able to critique it and have criticisms of it and hopefully make it better. And Mm -hmm. if they do have a season two, hopefully we'll see it make it better.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, listeners, we've got so many great letters from you all about like which character you'd be or your favorite episodes or why you love the show why you don't like the show. So please keep those coming. You can email us at Stephanie at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I've Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. The best. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.